Let's open our Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Last time we, we talked about one size doesn't fit all, one medicine doesn't solve every problem as well, and we had the four different situations. He says to warn the idle or the unruly, those that were out of step, they need warning. He says to encourage the timid or those that were faint-hearted need encouragement. He said to help the weak, those that were strengthless. And then number four, he said to be patient with everyone. We all need patience. And boy, I think patience is, uh, is something that, that I think we all need to be growing in and, and uh, learning and <clears throat> being able to have patience with each other, have patience with ourselves, and let God's patience work. Let's read... Uh, Verse 15, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 15, where we're going to pick it up today. He says this, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Let's read that one more time. It's short. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, and we pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear what you would say to us, Lord. It's your word, and we humble ourselves before you because you're the one that, that uh, is Lord, and we want to hear, we want to learn, we want to grow. Help us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. I want to ask the question today in, in kind of an introduction here is that how many have you ever, have you ever been hurt? Anybody ever been hurt? Ever been slighted? Maybe much worse than that. You've been hurt in very deep, personal ways. I think, I think it's true that all of us have in one way or another, and some worse than others. But I think it's, I think it's a safe bet to say that every one of us have been hurt. Every one of us have been hurt in one way or another. I... I had a conversation recently with someone that I would call a friend. Is nobody here? Not that you aren't my friends. It's just, just so you're not wondering who it is. It's not anybody here. And uh, <clears throat> it's like my ears. Like sometimes I get plugged up and you can hear your own voice way too loud. You know how that, how that works? <clears throat> Anyways, I had this conversation and it... it it was, it was, uh, I, don't, I don't even want to go into all of it except to say that it was demeaning. It was very hurtful. And I was very, very upset. It, ask my wife how upset I was. I was so upset. I was just devastated, really. And my first response, my first response besides just trying to control myself, was to fire off an email. I am going to write an email and tell him exactly what I think, exactly what I think what he did and what all this stuff. Why? Because I wanted to get back at this person. That's the first, my first response. I want to get back at them for what they did. But then... In the middle of the night, which is usually when these things hit you, right? Then uh, 
I realized that I was studying this passage. I go, I can't even do it. it. I'm not allowed. It hit me. Like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And, and, then I, and then I thought, later on, I thought, well, maybe that's why I experienced this, so that it could help me as I'm studying and applying this passage for myself, that I could, like, know. And let me tell you what, it's not, it, it, it's, that's true. But it's not an easy thing. And, and some of you have been hurt in much deeper ways than I have, much worse than a conversation. But... The passage applies to all of us. Notice he says, make sure that nobody, nobody pays back wrong for wrong. That, that, that includes every single one of us. Nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But I want revenge. I want revenge. Honestly, I do. I want to hurt back. I want to retaliate. I want to pay back. I want to pay that. Let me just tell you that. Let me call this person right now. We'll do this. We'll do this together. The, the NIV study Bible says retaliation is never a Christian option. That pretty much sums it up, isn't it? Retaliation is never a Christian option. It's not, I can't, I'm not allowed to do it. Now, does that mean that I don't do it? Does that mean that I will never do it? Because you know what? I have, and I will. But it's wrong. And in this particular case, you know, my wife really helped me out. She, she caught me like twice. She stopped me like twice. Of course, I had to ask her, like, well, what do you think? Well, I think you better just... Slow down, back off, don't send that, <laughs> read it again, make it, make, you know, do this, do that, that, you know, to kind of get the whole picture here, don't just react out of your anger and hurt and retaliation or, or need for retaliation. So retaliation is never a Christian option. So what is? Forgiveness. That's the option. Forgiveness. That's really the only option. Retaliation is not an option, but the only option really is forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Literally, the word means this, to send forth, to leave, to let along, or to let go. Let me read that again. To send forth, to leave, to let along, to let go. The Holman Bible Dictionary defines it like this, the gracious human act of not holding wrong acts against a person. Wow. And that's my only option? There's got to be another option because I can't do that. There has got to be another option for me to, to, uh, to carry on with. Maybe I can do it kind of, you know, in the back door I can get back to them. Maybe I can, you know, send it from some other direction or, or whatever. Maybe I can just ignore the situation, just pretend like it never happened. But you know what? I, I tried that and it didn't work. Because then something else came up and I was ready to get back right in there again. I was ready. Just, 
So it never went away. It wasn't going away. I don't want to forgive, to, to be truthful. I want to hurt back. I want to give an eye for an eye. Isn't that what the Bible says? An eye for an eye. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You give it to me, I'm going to give it to you. That's, that's really kind of like what I want. I'm, be, I'm just being honest with you here. I'm not making this up. This is like real. You know, Jesus said, you know, to you know, the greatest commandment, the, you know, the guy came to him and said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love your, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, right? Okay, that's cool. I love you, God. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, and the second is like it. He says, to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself. The most interesting thing about that is when you look back where he got that from, both of those were quotes out of the Old Testament. When he got, where he got that verse from, he was quoting half of the verse. Let me read to you the whole verse. It's found in Leviticus 19.18. He says, it starts off like this, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's the context of what Jesus was quoting. Greatest commandment in the second. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge. Bear a grudge. Remember a joke about that, something about a garage or something. Guy was asking a wife if she bared any grudges against her husband. He said, yeah, I got a garage out there. It's, sometimes it's as big as a garage, though, isn't it? This grudge we're carrying around, and we just, we've got this huge thing that we're carrying it around, and we, we don't want to drop it off anywhere. We don't want to, you know, put it aside. We don't want to let it go. We want to, I want to get something done here. And then I am going to feel so much better. It sort of gets a little complicated, doesn't it? It sort of gets a little complicated, especially when even the people that have hurt us, they don't even know that they hurt us. Or they might not even be alive anymore. How are you going to get back at them? What's the only option? The only option is forgiveness. Let's turn back uh, to a couple passages that Paul wrote. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 4, first in verse 32. <clears throat> he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Forgiving each other. Now, he, now, take note that he's writing this to the church, right? So in other words, he's talking about believers, about Christians. You're not going to tell me that Christians get like angry at each other, do you? You're not going to tell me that Christians have grudges, that Christians, you know, want revenge against one another. You're not going to tell me that, are you? How about Colossians chapter 3, two books ahead of that? 
and verse 13. He says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Bear with each other. That's, uh, I think that's an appropriate word, bear with each other. It's kind of a bear to do that for me to bear with each other, and then to forgive whatever grievances, not just the little grievances, not just the big grievances, but whatever grievances you may have against one another, and to forgive as the Lord forgave you. In both of those verses, he adds that, that idea, forgive as the Lord forgave you, as you have been forgiven. If I've been forgiven, shouldn't I forgive others? I mean, it, these things kind of go together. And as we'll see, they, they kind of play together in, in pretty interesting ways. We're going to read, read about that in a minute. But there is something, I'm telling you what, there is something about forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. You, it is recognized on every level, secular and non-secular. In the church, outside the church, it's recognized on all levels, the power of forgiveness. You just go do a search about the power of forgiveness, and you'll, you'll be amazed at all these things that come up. It's, it's just recognized everywhere, and, and, and Jesus says this is what we're supposed to do. The Word of God tells us this is what we're supposed to do. You see, it heals us, it restores us, and it sets us free. One man wrote this back in the 1800s. He said, life lived without forgiveness becomes a prison. Life lived without forgiveness becomes a prison. And guess who the inmate is? Me. You. Make sure, he says back in Thessalonians, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. And, and this idea, this passage, the context is that we're working together, that we're, we're, we're he says, make sure that nobody does this, not just the, the preacher's job or, or the leader's, but all of us to kind of work together. You know what? Forgiveness is the option here. Retaliation is not the option. Just like my wife stopped me, we need sometimes need to stop one another from jumping out and doing something that we really shouldn't do. It really doesn't make you feel better in the end. Let's look at a couple other scriptures about this. 1 Peter chapter 3, and then we'll, we'll jump to uh, Romans chapter 12. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And then we'll jump to Romans chapter 12. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 It gets, in my mind, it gets a little more difficult the further we go into this. Because look what he says here. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Okay, I won't repay evil for evil. I won't repay the insult with the insult. Okay, that's good. Let's move on, right? But he goes on there. What does he say? What should we repay it with? But with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. 
That's going a little bit too far, don't you think? Now, they hurt me. They did all this to me. And okay, I, I won't retaliate. I, I will forgive. I won't hold on to it. I'll let it go. But to now pay it back with a blessing, like that's just going a little bit too far, isn't it? I mean, what do you think I am? Superman or something? Super saint? I remember uh, years ago, I was working in a factory, and, and you know, I had in my mind that, that you know, I had, was working there full-time and, and were doing the church at the same time and that I should go part-time. And I, and I believe that was what I was supposed to do. And so I went to the boss, I remember this, I went to him and I said, you know, uh, I'd like to work uh, part-time. And uh, so I've just figured it would just, you know, because I thought it was what was supposed to happen. I figured it would just happen, right? So I went to the boss and he said, well, you know, I don't think so. He says, you either quit or, or you know, we just don't do that here. We don't have part-time workers here. <laughs> I tell you what, I know this is hard for you to believe. I got so mad. I got so upset. It's hard for you to believe that I get upset and angry, right? Unless some of you know me pretty well. And, uh, you know, this guy was like the big boss of, the, of this, uh, worked in a lab, in a research and development lab. And uh, he was like the big boss. And so I'd see him in the hallway and I would just like grit my teeth. Like, like I'm so mad at you. Don't you know? And... Uh, but I got, I got so convicted that like, I was like not doing the right thing. I was like retaliating against him, not doing something. And maybe I, maybe I can't remember that far back, thank God. But I was probably talking to other people, you know, bad about him and stuff, probably. And uh, getting back at him in different ways. But I, I got really convicted, like, this is so stupid. I, I need to forgive him. And, and not only do I need to forgive him, but I need to... And the only way that's going to help me to get through this is if I actually pray for him and pray blessings on him. Pray that God would bless this guy. I, didn't, I don't know if he's a believer or not a believer, but I can pray God to bless him. And, and, and as I began to do that, like my heart changed. I like had a bounce in my step again. I was like free. And I could, I could be there and... and, and it wasn't long after I got free. It didn't happen while I, while I was in the middle of that, I'll tell you. But after I got free from that, I, I feel like, you know, it became clear to me that I was just supposed to quit. I was supposed to quit. I'm not telling anybody here that you're supposed to quit your job. But I believed that, you know, God was setting me this before me that I was supposed to lay it down, Okay. But it wasn't until I got my heart right that that was even clear at all. See, I had gotten it wrong. He didn't get it wrong. This guy was right. You see, I was wrong. So, so I did that. And the interesting thing about the story is that a couple of months later, they called me back and they said, can you come and work for us like part-time? And we'll like give you like $5 more per hour than we were paying you before. <laughs> like, whoa. Okay. I guess I can do that. 
How come you didn't do that before? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said, I'm there. I had to let it go, though. I had, to, I had to give him a blessing. I had to pray for him. I had to pray God's blessing on them. And, and so I want to encourage you, if there's someone like that, maybe that's, what, maybe that's what you need to try. Try this. God, bless them. God, pour out your love upon them. Help them. Encourage them. Bless their families. Bless their, their lives, their work, everything about them. And then in that process, you know, we change. When you're play, praying a blessing on someone, it's hard to like continue to be angry at them, right? Because you're you're like you're not praying like that. You read some of the Psalms, right? And David, you know, they call them the imprecatory Psalms, where David is saying, you know, God, just come down and blow them up, you know. Well, is that does God always come and do that? No, but what we see in that is that David is like sharing with with all of us, the, the, the uh, human spirit, the human nature, that, like, that we all feel that way. And so we can relate to stuff like that, but, but the New Testament's telling us that, hey, that doesn't mean that that's how we're supposed to be. Pay back evil to no one. How about Romans chapter 12? Turn there with me in verse 17. <clears throat> You'll see what Paul says in this chapter. We just read what Peter had to say about it. Paul says, Romans chapter chapter 12, verse 17, he says, Do not repay anyone. I don't know if you notice these words are all over. Nobody, anyone, don't repay anyone. Whatever grievance that you might have. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, and here he, he's Agreeing with Peter, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow. Wow. First of all, we see that that God, you know, in the end, God is the one who's going to make anything right that needs to be, be made right, and we need to trust it to Him. It's not our job to, to, to set everybody straight. It's not our job to make everything right, that, that our revenge is going to solve all these problems. It's not, going to, it's not our job, but it's His job. Let, let's let Him do it. Leave room, He says. Leave room for God to do it. So often we, we're doing it all and we're not even letting God get in there to do what God can and will do. We're not, we're, we're not leaving Him any room. And then He says to, to feed Him. If your enemy's hungry, he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And this you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, don't, you know, He's not telling us, well, that's our motive. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to bless my enemy. I'm just going to, this is a burning coal on your head. You know, whoosh. Maybe if it helps you get going forward, okay, go ahead. But you'll see that your heart changes, and my heart will change. But he says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. That's hard. 
That's hard. Forgiveness. What kind of good? Forgiveness and kindness. Do what is right. Be kind. Some of the other things about this. Now, how many times should we forgive? What did Jesus say? Once. Once is enough, right? Once should do it. Matthew chapter 18, let's turn there. Let's, uh, let's confirm how many times Jesus said. Someone knows the story already. I can hear it. Peter. We, we just read what Peter said. Don't repay evil for evil but ins- or insult with insult, with, but with a blessing. You're called to do that. In uh, Matthew 18, verse 21 Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? He said, I'm willing to go seven times. I could do seven. We laugh about that, but how many of us have those little scorecards? There's two, there's three, there's four. No more. That's it. No more. I'm done. How many of you ever used those words? I'm done. You know, it's not over until it's over, right? Jesus answered, he said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times or 70 times seven. And and he's not given us an actual number. You know, we could say, well, I'm going to count up to 490 and that will be it. (laughs) It's like the idea is that it's like it's like innumerable. You can't put a number on. So, retaliation is not an option, and forgiveness is, and repeated forgiveness is. Notice he's not talking about a lot of different brothers. He says, one brother, one person keeps sinning against me. Man, that's not that encouraging to me. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking about my situation. I'm going, you know, I mean, I have to go through this again? Like, I I don't even want to go through this again. I'm hard enough, it's hard enough to get to the forgiveness the first time, much less the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth. But look at what Jesus gives this parable now. He says, the kingdom of heaven, verse 23, is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay the master order that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. He'd be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him, and he canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, just a tiny little amount. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owed me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. They went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. He said, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless, unless you 
forgive your brother from your heart. I mean, it's pretty obvious what he's saying here, right? We've been forgiven like this massive amount of debt. And then comparatively, and I know it doesn't feel compare, comparatively, it doesn't feel like it's so small, but comparatively, compared to the fact that Jesus has forgiven us of all of our sins, past, present, and future, as we have received him, as we call him Lord and Savior, then for us to forgive someone else, you see, we've been forgiven. And then, but we're not going to forgive anybody else? Doesn't seem to be right, does it? C.S. Lewis said this, he says, We all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea until we have to practice it. Some of you are saying, you know what? Yeah, the power of forgiveness, it's beautiful. I love it. All right. And then tomorrow comes. And then you've got to actually put it into practice. You go like, uh-uh, not me. I want to read you, I read this, uh, uh, a list of questions about forgiveness, and, and we're not going to go into all the answers. Just to kind of throw some of this out, though. Uh, some we've already talked about. He says, are there any sins committed against me which I don't have to forgive? No, according to the scriptures we've just read. How about this? When I forgive, am I condoning sin? No. The Lord's forgiven all of our sins and He doesn't condone any of them, right? How about this one? This is a big one. Must I forgive if the offending person, if the person offending me isn't sorry? Well, when they apologize, then I will forgive. I didn't, I didn't read that. Did we read that anywhere? As soon as you hear the apology, then forgiveness is rare. I'm ready to forgive you. And those of you that are married, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to forgive you for this until you come and say you're sorry. And then the stubbornness sets in, and you get two stubborn people. Of course, it's always my wife that's the stubborn one, not me. It's always the other one that's stubborn, right? Whether you're the wife or the husband, it's always the them. It's got nothing to do. It has got nothing to do with whether they're sorry or not. See, it's the prison in me. Must I forgive if a person continues to hurt me? Yes. How about this? If I forgive a person, do I stay in an abusive situation? No. There are times when you need to make some changes. There are times when you need to make some changes. How do I forgive? This is probably the, the big question about all this because, you know, how do I do it? None of us, he says here, can forgive by our own power. We can't do it. I don't have it in me. I've already kind of made that clear, right? I don't have it in me to do that. But the Lord, if the Lord asks us to do something, you know what? He always promises to give us what we need to do it. And if we ask him and say, Lord, I, I just can't do it. I, I, I need help. Cry out to the Lord for your help. Same thing if we don't want to forgive friend used to say, you know, about things, you know, make us, we, we can, maybe I'm not willing, but we can pray, Lord, make me willing to be willing. How quickly must I forgive? 
I'd say two years is a pretty good answer. <laughs> what if I forgive and not forget? Some of you are wondering about that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to forgive, but I'm never going to forget. This person writes, Forgiving, forgetting offenses against us does not mean that we have amnesia. It hurts to remember, he says. If it hurts to us to remember, then we need more healing and, and perhaps we haven't truly forgiven if the sting is still there. We're not just going to, our minds don't just go blank, in other words. But forgiveness comes in and sets us free. Some good questions, right? Like I said, you can just go and, and do some search about this, and you'll see it just comes up again and again and again. And, of course, we want to we follow what the Scripture teaches in, in all these areas, 70 times 7. The uh, lady, Corrie Ten Boom, who went through the Holocaust, and uh, her and her family had... Uh, taking care of Jews during that time, and then because they took care of some Jews and rescued Jews, they were also put into the concentration camps. And she was a wise, a wise old gal. But she talked about forgiveness. She says it's like letting go of a bell rope. She's talking about a church bell that's up in the belfry. We don't have one here. We got a bell here, actually, but I don't know where it came from, but there's no belfry. He says about her, it says, if you have ever seen a country church with a bell in the steeple, you will, remember, you will remember that to get the bell ringing, you have to tug a while. And once it has begun to ring, you merely maintain the momentum. As long as you keep pulling, the bell keeps ringing. And Miss Ten Boom said that forgiveness is like letting go of the rope. It's just that simple. But when you do so, the bell keeps ringing. Momentum is still at work. However, if you keep your hands off the rope, the bell will begin to slow and eventually stop. Isn't that true? You keep pulling on that, you keep yanking on that bell, it's going to keep going, but you let it go, it's going to ring for a while, but eventually if you keep your hands off, let it go and let it go and let it go, it'll, it'll, it will start to quiet down. will stop. How about Matthew chapter 6? Let's turn there. Matthew chapter 6. I've got to wrap this up. Because I've got some forgiving to do. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. How many recognize these words? Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. How many of you learned that as a kid, like the Lord's Prayer, right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer? There is a connection. There is a connection, and I, I don't necessarily like it, and I don't necessarily understand it totally, but there is a connection between forgiving others and our own forgiveness. Something to the effect that when we are not forgiving other people, we're not really walking in our own forgiveness. We're, we're not really uh, understanding that we've been forgiven, and so we're holding back forgiveness to others, and it's affecting our own forgiveness. The Holman Bible, Bible Dictionary, again, it says, the forgiven life is the forgiving life. 
The forgiven life is the forgiving life. Finally, back in uh, 1 Thessalonians, let's just turn back there. We'll finish with the last part of that verse. He says this. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else, even those that have hurt us. Try to be kind, he says. It does take an effort sometimes, doesn't it? you got to try to be kind because you're not always going to be kind, especially if you and I have been hurt. We have to try. There's no place for mean and ugly in, in a Christian's life. No place for mean and ugly. That doesn't mean that we're not sometimes like that. There's really no place for it, though. Norman had a quote for me, and I want to read it to you because I really like this. He says, if you need to choose between right or being kind, always choose kind. If you need to choose between right and kind, always choose kind. Even if you are 100% you're right, but you're going to be mean about it. Be kind, just be kind and let it, let it go, he's telling us. I want to read to you uh, two illustrations. <clears throat> One is about Robert E. Lee. <clears throat> After the Civil War was over, he was, vi he was visiting in Kentucky, and a lady showed him what remained of a huge tree in her yard, and it was right next to her house, and she you know, cried out to General Lee how its limbs and its trunk had been shattered by the artillery fire, the federal artillery fire. And, and he poured out, she poured out all this anguish, and she was looking really for a condemnation, you know, like, why did they do, you know, that was wrong of them to do that. And this was what his response was. Following a brief, brief silence, he said, cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. Cut it down and forget it. Sometimes that's what we need to do. The Red Cross founder, Clara Barton, she was asked if she remembered an especially cruel thing done to her many years before. And when she seemed not to recall it, a friend said, Don't you remember? No, said Miss Barton. She says, I distinctly remember forgetting it. called to forgive. There was a cold winter evening, a man who had had a heart attack and he was, he was being admitted to the hospital. He asked the nurse to call his daughter and he said, you see, I live alone and she's the only family I have. And the nurse went to phone the daughter. The daughter was quite upset and she shouted, you must not let him die. She said, you see, Dad and I had a terrible argument almost a year ago. I haven't seen him since. and all these months, I've wanted to go to him for forgiveness. And the last thing I said to him was, I hate you. The daughter cried and then said, I'm patient. I'm coming now. I'll, I'll be there in 30 minutes. And the patient went into cardiac arrest. The nurse prayed, oh, God, his daughter is coming. Don't let it end this way but they were unable to revive 
this man. The nurse saw one of the daughters talking, uh, doctors talking to the daughter outside the room, and she, she saw the hurt on the daughter's face. She took the daughter aside. She said, I'm sorry. I, and the daughter responded, I never hated him. You know I loved him, and, and now I want to go see him. And the nurse took her to the room, and the daughter went to the bed and buried her, her face in the sheets as she said goodbye to her father. And the nurse, as she tried not to look at this sad goodbye, she noticed a scrap of paper on the bed table, and she picked it up, and it, and it read, My dearest Janie, I forgive you. I pray you will also forgive me. I know that you love me, and I love you too, Daddy. Isn't that moving? Let's pray. Father in heaven, first of all, we thank you that you've forgiven us. We have, we have sinned. We have done so much wrong against you, against others, in so many different ways, and you forgive us. You let it go. You bury it in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, you remove our sins from us. You don't keep the record any longer. Father, you also call us to forgive, and it's not easy. So much pain, so much hurt, so much anguish in this life. Pray you'd help us to be those people that, that Christ is truly working in and through, that we could forgive one another from our hearts. Father, you know what's going on in each one of our lives. Maybe we're in the middle of it right now, and there's just a situation we need to forgive. Maybe there's somebody we just need to forgive, maybe even in this room, and, and you want us to make things right, Lord. Maybe it's somebody else, our family member, a friend, co-worker. Father, give us the grace to humble ourselves and, and forgive that our pain wouldn't control us, that our hurt wouldn't be the master, but you are the master and the Lord. And by your example, you forgave. Even while you were on that cross, you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Make us a forgiving people, Lord. Pray here this morning, Lord, as well, for any that have never, have never experienced the forgiveness of Jesus. If that's you today, you... You can simply open your heart and be completely and totally forgiven because he loves you. And all you need to do is receive it. Receive his love, his forgiveness. Simply pray, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me and be my Lord, my Savior today, here. I've hurt a lot of people. I've hurt you and, and I want to be forgiven. And then help me be a person as well that forgives the hurt that's been done to me. Father, thank you for this family. Lord, have your way here with us, Lord. Thank you for the potluck. We pray for your blessing on that fellowship time where we can share together. And Lord, just help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.